Welcome to Moon Harbor Heroes. Today's issue is Faces Issue 58, A Song of Wands and Rustlin'. On the cover, Wandslinger stands in the middle of a destroyed library, back to the reader. Facing them and the reader, we see our team. Asimov and Daisy stand to one side, Daisy watching Wandslinger, Asimov watching Daisy. Lighthammer and Inky stand on the other side, Lighthammer gripping his hammer tight and Inky's eyes glowing white. Vines interweave throughout the scene, reaching towards Wandslinger. We turn the page and our story begins. So purple energy is snaking through the vines and they're withering and um, it feels to Wandslinger like their soul is being pulled out through their feet. And they look up at me and my eyes are white and I have a very gaunt face. And I think it scares the bejeebus out of them. Oh, excellent. And I think that Inky is the only one who hears this of the group, but Wandslinger uh, cries out, Oh God, you didn't say anything about these kind of powers. How long do you, are you almost done? How long do you need them distracted for? And I think with that, um, we turn the page and we see that same speech bubble coming in very small from like a little radio text bubble. And we see uh, Mini Dykstra. It's currently like working its way through this very, very dense tangle of uh, vines and other plants. And on its back, we can see this very elaborate device, clearly seeing like pieces of the things we've seen it stealing last uh, in the first half of this comic. And it says, I'm almost there. Just keep them distracted. And we turn the page and cut back as Asimov makes it over to Lighthammer and the real Lighthammer. Daisy's kind of on her ass on the ground, just uh, holding her head. She's like, damn, that one got me as uh, Asimov runs up. Ah, are you all right? Yeah, I got distracted by that one. And she like glares down, at uh, glares over at Lighthammer. Yeah, that happens. Here, take this. I have a regular nameless brand Band-Aid. <laughs> she reaches up, takes it, looks at it with just like a quizzical look and then just smiles and goes, well, thanks. Oh, Lighthammer, what are you doing? By the time like this is, started i'm already like on my feet and heading back to the fight okay cool so we see like Lighthammer get up ignoring the daisy asimov stuff and just dart back towards the fight yeah that sounds perfect okay when we cut back over uh inky still has one slinger in these vines and uh what are you doing over there inky so one slinger just yelled uh i need some help here something like that right like how long do i need to keep them busy yeah um so I have a new move um, that I unlocked last session for my playbook. And I took uh, Be the Monster. Um, and it says, when you frighten, intimidate, or cow others with your monstrous form, roll uh, plus freak. So I already frightened one slinger a little bit with the sapping. Oh yeah, everything that's going on is terrifying them. Right. And because I'm noticing that they're trying like to weasel out of this, I'm going, oh, you're not going anywhere and I grab behind me and I pull out this purple staff and I put it to their throat while I say that. And I want to roll for beat a monster. Awesome. Go ahead and roll that. And I think, Lighthammer, you're coming past the stacks uh, scene as this happens. That's a 12. Yay. I'm a big monster. Can you read that move for me? I don't know. I'd off the top of my head. Yeah. 
On a hit, they are thrown off and make themselves vulnerable to you or flee. On a 10 plus, choose one. On a 7 to 9, choose two. And that's because the, the, the effects that I get to pick are sort of double-edged swords. Okay, so let's start with uh, what do you want to pick there? Um, I'm going to pick you frighten others you had not intended to scare. Excellent. Perfect. I mean, with Light Hammer coming around, that feels perfect. So as I round the corner to see this moment, I just like stop dead in my tracks. Uh, what does this look like as you're like about to attack? Um, like, can you describe the panel of you like standing over uh, Wanslinger there? So you're seeing me with my my wide eyes holding a null staff to Wanslinger's throat. And Wanslinger looks terrified. Yeah, and I think Wanslinger's calling out, okay, it's not worth it. I'll tell you anything you want. Like, the money's not worth it. Just don't uh, kill me. I'm just going to sound blast Enki off Wanslinger. Ooh, give me a direct engage. That's a seven. Uh, technically, it's an eight, because I have a plus one for influence. All right, on a seven to nine, pick one. I'm going to resist or avoid Enki's blows. Cool, tell me what that looks like. Yeah, I think I just put Gauntlet out and sound blast Enki in the chest and just send him, like, flying backwards. Okay. Uh, I think we see Inky crash against a wall. Does that count as hurting somebody there? I think it could, yeah. Great, I'm going to clear angry at the end of the scene. Awesome. And Inky, go ahead and mark a condition. Wanslinger immediately starts just running for an exit. And I think we get a panel of Asimov and Daisy coming around the corner just like as they see this fight breaking out between Lighthammer and Inky. And our next panel, Inky, what do you do as you hit this wall? My eyes are normal again, and I just look at Lightham and go, hey, what are you doing? I look at them and I'm like, I will deal with you later, and then I'm going to go chase after Wanslinger. And I yell after you as you run away, I had it all under control. If no one else is doing anything, I'm going to sound blast uh, at Wanslinger's feet to try to like knock them off their feet there. Yeah, if no one else is interfering, that just happens. I think we see like the sound blast hit as they're running towards the door, and then they just drop and like they fall and then just like tumble and the shotgun they're holding like flies out of their hand and we see it starting to dissipate and they turn hold their hands up like i just no i, I don't this isn't worth it i'm just don't kill me please we're not gonna kill you it's fine that one clearly was and they pointed inky yeah well we stopped him i'm gonna look up at uh other light hammer and be like yo lh figure out what this one is doing figure out why they were you know destroying a library I have to talk to my teammates. And I think we get the next shot from uh, Daisy's view and we see the chat and her chat going wild. Just like, yo, did fake Lighthammer just attack his teammate? What's going on? And she just nods like, okay, I'll, I'll figure out what's what's happening. And we see her turn off her live feed as she walks towards uh, Wanslinger. I want to go over to Enki and like put my hand out and like offer to help them up. I think I'll... I'll refuse your hand and just run past you and run towards where Brian and Daisy are. I sigh and follow. I only brought one band-aid. I'm going to run towards Daisy and yell, Oh my god, Lighthammer, the staff worked perfectly. And Daisy's currently like, crouch, like, like crouched over um, Wanslinger. And as Wanslinger sees, like it's clear that they're talking. And as Wanslinger sees Inky, uh, they just like scramble backwards away from Inky. And Daisy like turns like, I don't think you should be near them right now. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to try to pull Enki or, or, or get, gently guide Enki away. I look a bit puzzled and go, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. 
I want Slinger. Where do we see Asimov and Inky at this point, if you're guiding Inky away? Well, not too far. Uh, I'm going to intercept. I'm going to get, not between the two of you, but get near the two of you and be like, all right, let's put the library back together. We've got some bookshelves. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to basically direct everyone to start straightening bookshelves and like putting books back. And while I'm doing that, I'm like, Enki, I haven't seen that kind of look on your face since before everything happened. And yeah, I knocked you off them, but you looked like you were out of control again. Dinko was very much in control. It looked like you were going to kill them. Well, everybody left me, so I had to be the hero. I can't believe I didn't even bring any septic. Stupid. And actually, I'm trying to trigger a move that I've never used before. Oh? Uh, mission, uh, mission debrief, because I don't know if I'm ever going to get to use this at this point. Would you lament not bringing antiseptic? Roll. Yes. Dur- during a debrief, when you downplay your role in helping a teammate during the mission, um, uh, mark potential and shift superior down and any other label up. So do you think that counts? I think so. I think so. I mean, you're focused on not having antiseptic and not, you know, leaping through the air and ripping a magic gun out of someone's hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically, I have not rolled under a 13 this entire battle. <laughs> I mean, I only rolled once, but... Yeah, and I think this talk counts the mission debrief. Okay, so uh, I'm shifting superior down and mundane up. All right. Putting my superior at minus one for a brain. Uh, I want to look at Enki as we're like picking up a shelf together. And I want to be like, do you really think you were in control there? I think I'm going to pierce his mask. Good. And uh, roll plus mundane. Uh, that's a two. All right. And I think we get this standoff, like this like look between the two of you. And Inky, um, if you want to ask one to three questions off that list to Lighthammer, feel free. You don't have to ask them in character if you don't want. I just want to ask one. So the reaction Lighthammer is getting is confusion. Like Enki clearly doesn't know what he did wrong. Um, and I'm going to say... Um, I mean, that's what superheroes do, right? We beat people up. What do you expect from me? And I'm asking the question, what do you want me to do from Pierce the Mask? I definitely sigh, and I'm like, Enki, that's not all that a hero does. Like, yes, there are times where we have to fight villains, but sometimes we also have to ask questions. And beating a villain to a pulp is not the answer most of the time. Trust me, I would know better than most. So... I want you to, I don't know, try to use better judgment. Who needs to be beaten up and who looks like they'll stop? There are times where just scaring someone is enough. And there are times where you don't even need to do that. It kind of sounds like you are telling someone how the world works or who they should be. This feels like you're shifting labels. I don't have influence over Enki. I don't think I can do that. Oh, okay. I was unaware. Yeah, neither of us currently have influence over Enki. Ah, gotcha. Otherwise, yes, that would absolutely be what I was doing there. I do want to look at Enki and be like, I look at Enki and I'm like, when you get into that white eye, scary space, I see more of that power come out of you. And when you use that much power, it reminds me of Null and how far they would go to get what they want. Enki looks at you and says, but I, I'm not null. I'm, and then he pauses for a second and it's like he's digging up some deep memory. And then he goes, I am unique, which is uh, one of Carl's lessons. 
you are unique, Engi, and you have a connection to Gaia that no one else does. And you have power that I've never seen before. And I worry that that combination will lead you to do really dark things in the name of what you think is good. So I just want you to be careful. Don't go to the full extreme of your powers. You don't need to. Your 60% is as good as most other people's 100. 10% maybe. I'm going to be very flippant about it and just go, you haven't even seen Poison Oak do stuff like... I bet, he, I bet he could beat up any villain. Poison Oak got taken down by Cataclysm crew before they had flyby. Like, before their most competent member was there, they took him out. Poison Oak is great, don't get me wrong. But Enki, you're something special. I'm just going to look really confused because you're talking about what is basically my dad. And, like, he's my hero, so I don't even know about anything that happened in the past with Poison Oak. That's fair. I'm just going to sulk a bit, I guess. <laughs> and with that, I'm going to turn to Brian and be like, that was a nice move back there. Also, wow, you are crushing hard, aren't you? Uh, is, oh wait, are, are you trying to, I forgot what it's called. I'm not piercing your mask. No, are, are you trying to do team move there? You know, I wasn't, but it would be sharing a uh, celebration, moment of celebration there. Yeah. Uh, read let me that? read that. Uh, when you share a triumphant celebration with someone, say whether it's part of the show or not. If it is, you shift your labels as you choose. If it is not, they shift your labels, and then you can clear a condition or mark potential. I don't think this is part of the show, so you shift labels for me. Okay, so I am going to decrease danger and increase savior. I bet those are both at their maximum and minimum. Uh, savior can't go up any higher. Um, I don't think I'm going to resist that. I think I'm just going to take a condition there. I'm feeling pretty guilty for lecturing Enki for the, like, seven millionth time. After blasting them across the room. Yeah, so I'm going to work guilty. <laughs> Out of character, I'm, um, I'm playing around a little bit with the idea that, um, when Enki goes in that state, it's kind of like a different state, and he doesn't quite remember, um, just how intense he was when he was in that state. Yeah, um, I, I guess I also need to r respond to uh, what Lighthammer just said, um, which I guess I'm going to I'm going to motion for a high five. I think there's a moment where Lighthammer just looks really confused because normally like this like high five moment is you and Enki. And then I mean, I know what a light like I know what a high five is, so I'm going to give you a high five. But, like, there's a moment where that was, like, genuinely surprising. Okay, don't make it weird. Jeez. Uh, sorry, no, it was just because of the glove. I didn't want to hurt you because the gauntlet. Oh, God, Asimov, you're in, like, your mech suit thing, too, right? That'd be a loud-ass high five. I think I've been focusing more on vacuum powers and stuff, so I just don't even wear that anymore. Or I'm afraid that Dykstra will take it over. <laughs> Fair. While they are having that bonding moment... In the background, I think we see Enki interacting with Daisy and like fawning over the new Null staff. Uh, Daisy's still talking to uh, Wandslinger. Okay, that wouldn't really work then. I shouldn't yeah. go near Wandslinger. Yeah, never mind that then. In the background, we see police arrive and Wandslinger being walked out in cuffs. And then Daisy walks over because so we may have hit them in the head harder than we thought. They were talking about being hired by a little metal person to cause a distraction to burn down a tree. I, 
Does this mean anything to you? Physical distress. Uh, and I do want to point out that, like, uh, she has her he- her helmet off at this point, and like on her forehead, we could see the band aid Asimov gave her. So, does that mean anything to anyone? Oh my god, we have to go back. We have to go back, Lightheimer. We have to go back now. And I start grabbing my stuff, and I whistle for um for Greg, who is waiting outside. And Daisy is like watching all these expressions of distress, dismay, confused. It's like, uh... and, and Brian's now muttering to himself, "Oh, I don't know if I'm ready." I grab Brian's arm and wait, uh, sorry, Brian, are you already on your way there? I think I, I say that and then we move. Cool. I don't even think we see a moment of panic from me. I think I just start running. Like this is what I'm good at. This like taking care of shit and like not dealing with the like weird world collidey thing. This is what Lighthammer does well. Okay, excellent. And I think we see like the whole team, Greg meeting you outside and Daisy just standing there looking confused. Just like, I, uh, I'll, okay, I'll see you at dinner. And we turn the page, and in our next panel, we see the little mini Dykstra in the roots, like underneath the roots of a tree in like a hollow. And we see this laser spinning up and shining through this crystal that they stole, and this like bright light emitting upward. And then we start seeing like some smoke and then some liquid metal dripping out of the bottom of the tree. And then we just get a close up of the mini Dykstra's face and then just the, and then a big smile. Then we turn the page from that and we are inside Asimov's brain place. Your I don't want to call it a mind sanctuary, your digital mind sanctuary. There we go. As I'm running, I think uh, I just try to get like I just try to put a calm face on and, and sort of relax and then uh, we show or the next panel, I open my eyes and I'm in the brain space. Excellent. And uh, we see like the pixelated Phoenix looking down. So it's coming to a point, isn't it? Do you think we're ready? I think that I've backed the right horse and I hope you don't let me down. I, I feel like I need to sit and um, for some reason, I'm picturing some stone steps in uh, uh, in Carl's headspace. Ah, there absolutely can be. I, th- I think it was like leading up to where there used to be a thing. Oh, where the amulet used to be. I don't know. Maybe right. that, that was just something that I invented in my own head, picturing it. But yeah, it works. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to sit down on some s- stone steps and put or try to gather myself. And I think we get this shot of like you on those steps. And then in the next panel, the Phoenix, like this, the pixelated Phoenix is like wrapped itself around you almost like a cloak. And we hear it whispering, Dykstra's biggest weakness was its pride. Your biggest weakness is your doubt. You can do this. And I'm going to count that as a seven to nine on the Phoenix comforting you. If you reveal a vulnerability or weakness, like if you open up to the Phoenix, you can take the results of a comforter support. So if you open up, you can mark potential, clear condition, or shift labels. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to open up because the Phoenix has just revealed a part of my character that I have kept a secret to basically everyone, including myself. Uh, perhaps Brian never really knew that all of this uh, bragging and all of this 
pride that he has projected outwards has all been a sham. Fantastic. If you don't want to say anything out loud, I am totally okay with your opening up being just letting the Phoenix feel that side of you. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's a way I can say it in character or say it in character. Um, as, uh, but maybe there could just be like, uh, sort of flashback scenes to like me bragging and stuff. I don't know. Oh yeah. I like that. And I think like we get these several scenes of you like at your most bragging and I think when we cut back, the whole sanctuary is just slightly more tinged the phoenix's color as it has like access to more of your mind and memories. And uh, you can shift your labels, clear condition, or mark potential. I am going to shift my freak up and my oops and my mundane back down. Excellent. Uh, and I just want to say, you're absolutely right. Let's do this. Excellent. We turn the page and we see the three of you standing in front of the prison trees in the sanctuary. And the tree that Dykstra was in is just smoldering with a fire from inside it. We can see like little bits, like as part of it is burnt open, we can see the melting Tupperware inside. And then um, paint like in big like red letters on the wall, we see the words, it's over creator, the time is now. And I just want to get a reaction shot from everyone here. Lighthammer just looks intense with like a steely resolve. I think he knew that this fight has been coming and he's ready to support Brian as we move forward because Brian and Lighthammer have like gotten really close. And Inky? Um, is Sheep Shop still in the tree? Yes, but the but the tree next to Sheep Shop's tree is on fire. I think my reaction then is just trying to put out the tree. Like my 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 room is on fire. Kind of powered. <laughs> and as above. Brian puts on a look of determination and says, one thing's for sure, it is over. Moon Harbor Heroes is produced by Anthony Sheets, T.B. Huth, and Elliot Peterson, and edited by Anthony Sheets and Sean Geddes. Anthony can be found on Twitter at IcyNewYear or at IcyNewYear.com. T is a theater artist and educator in the D.C. area. She can be found at Playwright on Twitter or tphuth94 on Instagram. Elliot can be found at Elliot Yelen on Twitter. That's E-L-L-I-O-T-Y-L-E-N. Sean can be found at The Crumpet, T-H-E-C-R-U-M-P-I-T, on Twitter. Moon Harbor Heroes is played using Masks A New Generation, written by Brandon Conway and produced by Magpie Games. Our logo was designed by Beautiful Beasties. She can be found on Instagram at beastly.doodles or on Patreon at patreon.com slash beautifulbeasties. The music in this issue is Black Vortex by Kevin McLeod. This issue is GM'd by Anthony Sheets. Asimov is played by EXPHP. You probably won't find him at It's EXPHP on Twitter, but it's worth a try. Enki is played by Simon Meskins. You can find him as at Gilbereka, G-I-L-B-E-R-R-E-K-E on Twitter. Lighthammer is played by T. Huth. If you want to get a hold of us, email us at moonharborheroes at gmail.com 
or find us on Twitter at Moon Harborcast. If you enjoyed this issue, please leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice or tell a friend. Five-star reviews and word of mouth are really the best way for us to keep bringing these stories to more people. If you'd like to support us financially, check us out at patreon.com slash moonharborheroes. Supporting us there will give you access to bonus issues each month. And thank you for helping us save the world. We'll see you next issue.